Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another edition of Battle Red Radio. I am your host, Colton Molesky. I'm joined, as I am every Sunday evening, by Nico DLG. Nico, it is awesome to have football back. It is awesome to have a full slate of Sunday games, to have the red zone going, to be watching all sorts of stuff across the league, to have your fantasy teams going on. What a fun way to jump back into the season. It was a crazy day, and that includes a crazy Houston Texans game, but I wanted to get your read on some things before we dive into our our full show here we've got a lot to get to but before we get to all that initial reaction to just week one of football it was a wild one yeah um definitely a strange one for sure (laughs) uh there's at i feel like we just worked some kinks out but you know we we played pretty well so far kind of (laughs) it was you have the tie which feels feels like it's such a weird feeling to get a tie, especially when you're the team that was in the lead. But before we get to that crazy day for kickers in general, I think if you look at this game on its own, you think, oh, this was a weird game. And then you look at the whole NFL, it was, oh, so so somebody just put a hex on kickers before we started the day. Okay, so maybe it wasn't a weird day. It was That was actually just par for the course on how, how the day was going to go. But all sorts of big swings and points throughout the day in a couple of different games you had uh, a few games go to overtime you had the two games the early in the early window the Steelers Bengals as well as the Colts Texans wild day wild day and we're going to get into uh, some before we get to final thoughts we're going to get to a, a segment where we we love it or leave it it's going to be one thing that I want to keep and bring into next week and one thing that I would love to keep in week one but before we get to all of that let's get to some reactions on this game so if you're coming in blind the Houston Texans hosting the Indianapolis Colts for the first week of the season they tie 20 to 20 after an overtime period and I saw this on Twitter uh, by a stats account so take it with a grain of salt I believe it was I was looking at the source, and it seems like a a good source. But, again, it's off of Twitter. Take it with a grain of salt. Uh, It's NFL Scorgami is the Twitter account that tweeted this out. But, apparently, according to them, a 20-20 final. So, the 20-20 tie has happened 20 times before. 20 times in the NFL's history has a game ended in a 20-20 score, which I thought was kind of funny. Last time, apparently... They are saying last time was October 24th, 1983. So this has happened before. Oh, man. It's crazy, right? 
That's a long time ago. It's <laughs> a long time ago, but it's crazy that it's happened 20 times. I also enjoy, maybe this is just me, but I enjoy that the 2020 tie has happened 20 times. That's all. That's also kind of fun. But that's crazy that that has happened 20 times. Two teams have gotten down to 20. That's, I mean, I guess if you if you took the under like we were suggesting, Corey and I were suggesting, you're, you might be happy. But it was a weird game. The the first reactions do I that I have is honestly, blah, 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 not to to blow the lead. To, you're up seventeen going into the fourth quarter, and to come away with a tie is such a bummer, especially when you're coming into this game and they're the home dog, they're underdogs by seven points to the Colts, and then, you know, midway through the game. You're looking and thinking, you know, things are going really well. Things are going really well for the Texans. Is this going according to script? And so I, I'm going through the the stats, like halftime, third quarter-ish, beginning of the third quarter, and it felt like the Colts were kind of getting what they wanted. At the time when I was looking stuff up, Jonathan Taylor was averaging uh, over four yards per carry. I mean, Matt Ryan was – managing the game Pittman uh, was playing well and all those guys you had Jonathan Taylor he finished with 161 yards and averaged 5.2 yards per carry and had the score you had Michael Pittman nine catches 121 yards and a score Uh, you had Matt Ryan with 352 yards Uh, and we'll get into some of his numbers in a second but Overall, on its face, and even when you're going through the game, it kind of felt like, I mean, they were moving the ball. It kind of felt like they were getting what they wanted. But the Texans' defense played really well. You had a bunch of takeaways. You had uh, the the recovered fumble. The recovered fumble. You had a couple of interceptions. So you're winning the the turnover battle. Uh, excuse me, not a couple of interceptions, but you had an interception and the, the fumble. So you're winning the turnover battle. You're stiffening up in the red zone. You're keeping them from really finishing drives after they started to get a couple of first downs. They could never really get a drive looking good when they were around the 50-yard mark for a, a large portion of that game. So things were looking good. That defense looked really well, looked really solid. You had the front seven playing really well. I really liked Derek Stingley Jr. I thought he played composed a lot of times, but I also thought like Desmond King played composed a few times and he ended the game with a few pass breakups in the, in the stat sheet. I thought that overall this team looked really good on defense. They were doing a couple of things too, where they were giving him some different fronts. You had some nice blitzes coming out of the secondary. I liked all of that stuff. They looked creative on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they weren't doing anything to, to hurt the team either. I, shocking performance out of OJ Howard with the two scores on two catches. You had uh, an okay performance from cooks. They were spreading the ball around a ton, 240 yards for mills. And they was going to a lot of different receivers Uh, on the ground. And we'll get to this later on, but on the ground is where they really looked shaky, but overall very solid. And so then to just have it all fall apart in the fourth quarter, not put together any solid drives, not close out any series and then going through overtime. I mean, it's really honestly after the fourth quarter, Nico, did it feel almost like a win? If you're, if you're judging those two things separately, if you're judging the game and then the overtime, 
as two separate entities, did it almost feel like a win to come out of the the overtime with a tie? Because if you're judging the game, they really should have won that game. They really should have won that game a couple different ways, especially in overtime. But then once you're in the overtime period, it felt like they were just kind of hanging on for dear life. And they were just trying to keep it away from the Colts offense more than anything else to end up with the with a, a tie or a win. So, I don't know. If we're coming away from just the overtime, it almost felt like they hung on for a, a tie. But if you're looking at the entirety of the game, it felt like they blew it. You would think, I mean, and they were, again, they looked creative on defense and they were throwing everything out on offense, coming out with the, the flea flicker to Brandon Cooks, that deep one that was actually short. That's how Brandon Cook, just a, a quick reminder of how brand, fast Brandon Cooks is, is it was actually short, uh, that, that deep bomb to him. And, you know, you're throwing all this stuff at them and, it, and you have like the Jeff Driscoll, the, uh, the play with Jeff Driscoll to grab some yards. I mean, they were throwing all sorts of stuff at them on both sides of the ball. And that's really, and, and again, I'll get more into this later on, but that's really when you need a running attack is when you're up points in the fourth quarter to be able to grind out the ball. But again, they had a real nice bend, not break feel to the defense and yeah, Matt Ryan had a bunch of yards. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor had a bunch of yards, but they stiffened up when they need to. They really helped a lot of drives crumble, it felt like. And Matt Ryan ended up 32 of 50, so he was throwing the ball a ton. Uh, and they were able to grab a, a pick, got a couple of sacks, uh, kept that QBR to 48. So a lot of things to like. A lot of things to like. It's a bummer that you have a weird taste in your mouth following that game but there's a lot of things to like and unfortunate to come out with a tie I guess better than is it better than coming out with a loss I don't know what what are the stats what do the stats say <laughs> I, I don't know what the stats say but it definitely feels a lot better because you didn't just lose that one although it still does just feel like a lost game because we were so ahead so it's a double-edged sword and that's the weird thing too is being the the heavy underdog it should kind of feel – it shouldn't feel exactly like a loss, but when you blow a double-digit lead, it kind of feels yeah. like a loss. Like, it would be more – like, it would have been way impressive if we came out, like, we just crushed them. Like, it was – like, the game was over fourth quarter, like, or before the fourth quarter, and we're, we're 17-3, we just, just hosed them, and everyone's like, oh, man, we clearly thought wrong. But, no, they're like, oh, yeah, nope, there it is. I, There's the team we thought we were. All right. It was, it, it, you know what? Put me down. It feels yeah. like a loss. It does feel like a loss. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it feels like a loss after being up 17, going into the fourth quarter and getting outscored 17 to zero in the fourth quarter. Feels like it's, a loss when you're not able to close it out. In it's just a, it's a tough, it's a it tough, is. tough world we live in. Tough pill to swallow, but it is what it is. Before we get to our segment, I'm going to have, Corey, read some stuff for you. Let me tell you guys about the latest party to hit the Houston scene. Custom geek parties. Everything from corporate team building exercises, geek themed weddings, RPG parties, board game parties, cosplay parties, and more. Call Gamers Inner Circle Geek Party at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle Geek Party at 281 746 
4260. Gamers Inner Circle, are you in yet? Coming back here, the segment that I wanted to really dig into a couple of things from the Texans' perspective is love it and leave it. So one thing that I absolutely love that I hope we see again next week, one thing that I'm really hoping we leave in week one. So let's get to the bad stuff first. Get it out of the way. Leave it. One thing I want to leave in week one is this running game. I know that we talked about the pat or the uh, the offensive line for the Texans headed into the season and how not only is that going to be a shallow group, but they're going to struggle. But, you know, you had some good moments. It was a, a sound day, a decent day for sure for Davis Mills through the air and you had some things that you liked in the passing attack and they helped him out too by building in a lot of quick stuff uh, that you could see through that game as well as you know like we talked about you have like the flea flicker stuff like that trying to get creative to help out that line but the running game was abysmal you had 2.8 yards her attempt for for that the team oof. and I, <laughs> just saying it out loud it's just like stop. oh no <laughs> you hate to see it you hate to see it rex burkhead led the team in carries with 14 he had 40 yards damian pierce coming in second with 11 carries for 30 yeah. yards never got it going <laughs> never got it going and as there again there was a lot to love out of this game but this running game was not one of them and like i mentioned earlier the good teams are able to close out games by being by being able to preserve that lead in the fourth quarter by grinding out the ball running the ball well and they never in this game did you think that they were going to be able to do that and that was part of what hurt them later in this game but you need to find that running attack hopefully as Damian Pierce kind of gets his his NFL legs, you can also see that offensive line come together. But it's got to be both were bad. The the running backs, I mean, it didn't seem like there was really a clear vision of where they wanted to go when they were trying to run the ball. And then the offensive line, I don't know if they have the chops to get into that second level for blocking-wise uh, that you would need to really start to break through on the running game. But – that's going to be a problem. That's going to be something that haunts them throughout this year if they can't find a fix, find a fix to that. Uh, so that is something I'm hoping to leave, and it's something I, I think, quite frankly, you see this team take a, another step if they're able to leave that in week one and find some sort of running attack. I don't. I would say this: Let's not panic on Damian Pierce. Can we just not? As a as a group, the city of Houston, Texas oh, fan base. He did bad. He did bad one week. We're panicking now. Hey, you know what? It it absolutely happens. It absolutely happens. No no, Damian Pierce panic allowed. I'm just getting it out there. I'm not saying anyone was. I'm just getting it out there. Love it. What I loved this week was the defense, specifically the front seven. But really the defense in general, because it was coming, pressure was coming from everywhere. So maybe that's a better way to put it, is the quarterback pressure and the pressure in the backfield in general. So there was two sacks in this game, six tackle for loss, 
and seven QB hits that the Texans were credited for. It just felt like they were getting really diverse with the pressures they were bringing. They had all sorts of different blitzes. They were showing Matt Ryan different fronts. I thought they were really creative. They looked really good. And for a game where you have Jonathan Taylor end up putting together a really nice second half and he finishes with 161 yards on the ground, it never felt like it was out of control. Which I know... I know it sounds weird to say, but it never felt like the the game was like truly slipping away from them in the front, in the trenches. It felt like they were still getting plenty of pressure. It felt like they were making all, Matt Ryan throw all sorts of errant stuff. Uh, and and there's, a, there's a value, too, to letting one guy get his if it's not going to break down everything. And not overcompensating and freaking out when one guy starts getting his and then let that destroy the rest of your defense. And again, I use the term bend, not break. It really felt like for most of the game, that was kind of their defensive plan. And it worked. It was working well. And so that's something that I hope they bring into coming weeks is that that ability to pressure the the quarterback and that ability to get after the, the passer. I hope they bring that into later weeks because that looked really good. And they clearly had a, a, a package of ways they wanted to get at Matt Ryan. And they executed it really well. I thought that he was kind of playing on his heels pretty much all game long. Which is where you want to be for a defense. I think that variety of tools and that that variety of threats is really what keeps teams on their toes. Well, when you're bringing in a guy like Lovey Smith, too, I think some of that creativity is kind of expected. But the execution side of things, when there is a little bit of a talent deficit when you are playing teams who are probably going to have some better guys on their roster. And when you have a lot of youth, I think that that can execution can get a little harder. And so it seemed like they were able to do that pretty well. And again, uh, making it a, a gritty, grimy box it out, punch it out in the muck kind of game. Uh, almost like I like, <laughs> You kind of want to make it like, you know, in like a 90s movie when it's like like Roadhouse when you're fighting it in in the mud in an alley behind a bar. I think that's what you want the Texans to have make every game. Right. And then just not lose in the fourth quarter where you get sucker punched and that's the end of it. <laughs> well, that would be ideal. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing at a time, Nico. <laughs> Look, what I'm just saying. Time. What at least we started strong. At least at, at least we got that far. I mean, the off all the strong. offense had to do was get get just get a little bit there, and, and they couldn't even do that. You need so. to transfer that gritty, win in the muck type of mentality to the offensive side of the ball and be able to to run it out now. But it feels like they have some of that on the defensive side of things. I uh, and and again, they Michael Pittman went off. Jonathan Taylor went off, uh, and I get that 17 points in the fourth quarter. Obviously, some guys were were going ham, but uh, I'm not saying they pitched a perfect defensive performance by any means. But three out of four ain't bad. A lot of that game, they were able to at least bring pressure, and that helps a lot. Yeah, and again, at least at the start of this game, they couldn't get anything together, so they were doing their job at least at the beginning. Maybe as they got more used to those tools, that they weren't so caught off guard. And they were just kind of like, oh, we're just going to cruise. It's the Texans. And then they're like, oh, no. True. And, 
Yeah, they, they came to play. They came to play. And there was a couple of teams, too, that I can't tell if it's early season sloppiness or they show – like the San Francisco 49ers and the Chicago Bears game was a perfect one where it felt like San Francisco kind of expected to win just because they showed up to the to the ballpark. Uh, they showed up to the stadium they expected to win. Whereas there was just some sloppy games, too. Like, what was it? I had red zone up on one screen and I think in the first 30 minutes there were five turnovers. Yeah, that's what you like to see. Is what they said on red zone. It was I mean there was definitely sloppiness built into <laughs> into the it's the early the early slate of games. It's week 1. Well. I mean like this is stuff that'll sure up as teams get more used to being on the road and practicing and playing and just that consistency is really what brings that that edge. I think if they're consistently playing in sloppy games, that might be... Yeah, if everyone just sucks the entire time, maybe we have an even better chance. Muck it up. Just muck it up a little bit. I get it. Just party a little too hard the night before. You'll be fine. Muck it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Houston, it's a fun town. Just get their players out to the the club Saturday night and then muck it up on Sunday. Maybe uh, maybe they're... Maybe we got a couple more times. See, this is why we teamed up with 50 Cent. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's, it's all of it's all a ploy does this count as entrapment <laughs> i like it hey you know what it's all part of the game it's all part of the game all right so that's lo- love it and leave it hopefully some of that stuff can carry through be a bummer if they lost the defense in week two i'm not even, sorry to manifest that i'm sorry pretend i didn't say that before we get to final thoughts here we are going to hear again from Corey. Corey, take it away. Okay, everybody. Let me tell you all about the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More Adventure Stadium. That's right. And we already know about the great and wonderful comics and, tra- and trading card store they have on the first floor. They also now have on the second floor a sports memorabilia store and sports trading cards. It's awesome. Get up there to the stadium right there at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130. The second floor above the the original adventure begins in the Marcel Town Center. Make sure to check them out. The adventure begins. Comics, games, and more. The Adventure Stadium. All right, Corey. Thank you so much. Final thoughts before we head out here and get you started on your week. Uh, a couple of things that I wanted to take away is first of all, is the division up for grabs? I don't. Here, here here's here's what we'll label that thought as. Instant reactions to week one. Is the division up for grabs? Tennessee just blowing leads to uh, a Giants. As crazy as week one is, I'm not willing to say the Giants are, are a good team maybe. So blowing leads, Tennessee. And then you have the Colts who need 17 points in the fourth quarter just to just to tie that game. And then you have the Jaguars going wire to wire with uh with the commanders which i know is not all that impressive but hey you know what at least they're keeping things interesting which is what i asked of this division before the season started i wasn't asking for heaps of wins i was just asking for teams to keep games interesting is the division not bad Nico? Uh, i mean like it seems it seems pretty tough uh to say cuz uh, honestly we're <laughs> This is this is this is definitely up for grabs. There's no way there's not. 
I don't think anyone has done anything that's going to be like, oh yeah, this is this is the sure winner of this division. If it's a case of not that everybody is good, but that everyone is worse than yeah. we thought, guess what? I'll take it. Vegas can't be choosers. Yeah, I will take we said it. we wanted a chance. We didn't say how good that chance had to be. Exactly. Exactly. Just give me some more chips at the table. I don't care if the table is in a broken down van rolling into the river. Uh, well, we'll take it. Yeah. We'll take the chips, and we won't be. And when we play. win and we get into the playoffs and immediately die, we're going to be like, yeah, see, but at least we got there. <laughs> you are way ahead of me. I'm just hoping not to tie the next time around. Let's, let's just go. Not let's go. Oh, 17 and oh, and just the the miracle season where we tie 17 times in a row. One other final thought. Is it more fun when kickers are bad? Yeah, I mean, it keeps the game interesting. If it was 21-20, everyone would be like, ah, that's kind of lame. I know everybody complains about it, and there's always the, the contingent on like Twitter that just is losing their mind because their, their fantasy football kicker just missed another kick. But I kind of liked it. I, I was thinking about how could we change or tweak the rules so that there's more block kicks. Because I think getting, like, the more that people are in kickers' heads and the more that this is kind of like a mind game for them and the more they're bonking off the, the rail, I thought it was fun. I Is it more fun to have when a kicker lines it up? And, again, these guys have gotten so accurate over the last couple of years. Is it more fun for people to have them line it up at 55 yards and be a no-brainer shoe-in? Or is it more fun when they line up for, a like, a 40-yard field goal in the fourth quarter or in an overtime, and you're just sitting there going, Poof, I <laughs> I don't think it's going to go I, in. I thought it was way more fun when it was a roll of the dice. But maybe I'm just... No, that's it's way more fun. Because it, it's 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 not entertaining when everyone goes, oh, look, extra point. Wow, amazing. Like, I am I just want these... I want people to, like, screamers, like, 70 yards for no reason. Like, we're not going to make this drive, so we're just going to launch this and see if it works. <laughs> Like, that's just more fun. <laughs> I get that it feels – I get it feels counterintuitive to say in a sport when you want precision and you want accuracy and you want great athletics to define the sport to have kickers be less accurate, which is why I think tweaking the rules to maybe make it easier for blocks and stuff would be more fun. But I don't know. To have, like – to have, like – the sidewinder kicks like they're like knuckleballing it because they just missed it and now they're a little all over the place and it's bouncing off the rails or I don't know it was just wildly entertaining to have all of these kickers step up to the plate and you weren't really sure what was going to happen but also it was a lot of fun to have a a bunch of comebacks I mean you had you you go across the league uh, Saints Falcons Saints had 17 points in the fourth quarter Bears 49ers. Bears had 12 points to come back in the fourth quarter. Uh, you had the the Steelers Bengals game. The Bengals outscored the Steelers. Uh, what was it, 14 to three in the second half to get that game into an overtime. Uh, you had the Lions outscore the Eagles 14-0 to make that game a one-score game after it was a blowout for most of that game. You had the. Uh, the Commanders-Jaguars game, 14 points from the Commanders, 10 points from the Jaguars in the fourth quarter alone. You had 17 points from the Panthers in, against the Browns to make that game interesting. 
you had eight points in the fourth quarter versus zero for the Giants to beat the Titans. I mean, this was a lot of fun. These were a lot of fun games that were really compelling down to the end, and part of that was <laughs> there was a lot of really bad it. kicks. I love it so much. See, it's either we either just have this really fun, terrible kicker season or we just get like a special like special teams defense of just guys with just the most insane verticals so they can block kicks. Like this is how we keep it fun. <laughs> yeah, or like tighten it up the formation so that like you can get more guys coming off the end edge a little with a little less resistance or I don't know. I don't know. And again, to attribute all of that to kickers is also unfair. There's also like just sloppy plays or there's also just teams like after being dead in the water like the Giants for most of that game, coming alive late in that game. It was a really fun Sunday, and it was because of those fourth quarters. I get for Texans fans, it's kind of nightmarish to hear about these fourth quarters because it was they were on the other side of it. But if you were watching more than one game today, you were having a blast because there was a lot of really good football. And if you weren't just zeroed in on like Chiefs-Cardinals where it was just a blowout the entire time, uh, or if you didn't have your whole Sunday hinged on the Sunday night football game, like you had a really fun Sunday and that was awesome. I'm hoping that I, I get that week ba- basing anything off week one is a mistake, but I'm hoping that this carries throughout the season. I'm hoping that the talent disparity is just so great. There's just so much talent across the NFL that even the bad teams have enough talent to, to make runs late in games. Because that would be fun. Yeah, it's definitely entertaining to watch. And, you know, now that you say that losing, maybe, maybe we didn't score anything and we, we blew a lead that was massive, but at least we're not the only ones that blew a lead that was massive. No, that's true. You are Texans fans, you are not alone. This was a league-wide thing. This was a league-wide thing. So that's what I got. Nico, that's what I got. I know that we'll be coming back throughout the week. We'll have shows with the three of us, you, myself, Corey. Those will be up Wednesday and Friday. We'll be taking a look at the week. We'll be taking a look at some of the stuff the coaches have said. We'll be taking a look at the roster, some things that we're noticing on this Texans team, as well as looking ahead to the next week of games. We'll be looking at the next Texans game. We'll be looking at... The, the spread, the line, some fantasy football stuff. We've got all of that coming throughout the rest of the week. So make sure that you're subscribing wherever you find your podcast. Make sure you're subscribing or following Battle Red Radio. Make sure you're going to the Battle Red blog. There's lots of good stuff there. You can also find the podcast there as well. We've got Texans content coming out of our ears. You don't want to miss anything. You want to be prepared for the next game. So thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you later this week. I'm Colt Molesky. He's Nico DLG. Thank you so much for tuning in.